Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 24, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. I suppose we have our initial glimpse at whether or not the bearish pattern from the big breakdown candle is going to play out to the downside or not. At present, they're making another run to test the high of said breakdown candle. Now, we talked about this last night. They've already made an attempt toward the high. They didn't get to the high. That was the candle over here on the 16th of November. Now they're making another run. Are they going to stop at the high or are they going to bust through and make new highs? Here's the deal. The same deal where on the first run up to test the breakdown candle high... And by the way, let's get the number. The number is 364.38. So on the first attempt up at 364.38, and today's high happened to be 363.81. So they're getting very, very close. However, because of the initial attempt, the same deal is not the case any longer. It's not the same type of resistance as it would have been or once was on that attempt around the 16th of this month said another way the attempt on the 16th changes the story about the attempt now and whether or not they'll be rejected on the first hit of the breakdown candle high therefore we could push through to new highs or they could get rejected it's about a 50 50 and guess what that's not good enough for me it shouldn't be good enough for you it's not good enough for anybody 50 50 odds just don't cut the mustard here's another one of those reading the tape situations we talked about two breakdown candle highs last night the second one was right here on the 18th the high is 361.50 inside the numbers members had a trade today at 361.50 it was a short attempt it didn't work we were stopped out of the trade. I had to cut and run, as did other traders. They blew through it like it wasn't even there. That's a telltale sign. It's not a sign that they're going to make new highs. It's a sign that that wasn't even close to the destination, at least today anyway. On the first attempt, they closed back above 361.50, well above that breakdown candle. So guess what? They're going for the highs. That's what's going on. That's the duck. The duck is described as if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, then it's a duck 80 to 85% of the time. Once in a while, one or two out of 10 times, it's not a duck, even though it looks like a duck. That's the ugly duck. That's the pie in the face. That's them blowing through 361.50 on the short trade today. And by the way, that was a good level. Under normal garden variety conditions, we're going to take that trade the next 100 out of 100 times the same setup comes up. Why is that? Because they're not going to blow through it 100 out of 100 times. That happens 15 or 20 out of 100 times or less. That was today. Unfortunately, stuff happens. We'll get to inside the numbers later. Let's focus on the S&P what's going on and what is the telltale sign how do you read the tape some of the stuff we discussed last night obviously is part and parcel to the hashtag reading the tape for example 
We talked about the IWM. We talked about the transports. A number one, A number two, favorite market leading indicators. They're not going to go in the northern direction on a powered forward scenario, meaning they're on their own rendition of a rocket ride. That's not going to continue independent of the S&P 500, the Dow, and the Qs all going in the other direction. That's not going to happen. So when we have divergences, for example, one index goes one way, the other index goes another. For example, the IWM is going up and the S&P is flat or the S&P and the NASDAQ are going down. That's a divergence. 100% of the time, what happens with divergences is, one of the two things is going to correct itself. Either the IWM is going to stop going up and it's going to reverse, catch up to the other indexes, or the other thing's going to happen, which happened today. The other indices are going to start running forward to catch up to the ones that are leading the charge. The transports, the IWM were leading the charge. We're in the middle of a melt-up scenario challenging the old highs. It's in a holiday week. Thanksgiving is a day and a half away. Is the market going to collapse on Thanksgiving week after doing what it did yesterday and today? Well, we don't know about hypotheticals. We don't know about black swans. But what we do know is this. Above 358.75 is bullish, period, full stop. Where have you heard that before? Where did the market open up today? It opened above 358.75. In fact, it opened above the big fat round number of 3,600. It's a psychological number, 360 in the SPY. Whether it's psychological, technical by nature, or something else, it's important to open above. They did it. They didn't really get below, and they took off to the upside. They took a peak under 360 for a few minutes, but that was about all she wrote. Let's cut right to the chase on the daily chart and let's go over the important numbers and why. So here we have a breakdown candle high. We talked about this one ad nauseum, 361.50. It's important under normal garden variety conditions. It's still important because if we were to wake up red tomorrow and they were to be trading lower and they traded right around on top of or underneath 361.50, that would be very telling. That would likely be initial support, but if they got back below it, that's like a recapture on the downside. That's negative for the bulls, positive for the bears. 361.50 is still important. 358.75 is important. We know the reason why. It's a former high way back from over here in early September. Another micro important number. It's not as important as the rest, but important nonetheless. Here's a pivot high at 362.78. Closed above it today. This is the Mac Daddy. The Mac Daddy is the high of 364.38. We'll just say in the vicinity of 364 is A, where they're headed. They basically got there today. B, are they going to try and bust through? C, did they get rejected? We don't know the answers to these things, but the awareness is the number. We watch the market around the number. We watch where they open up on Wednesday. We watch what happens early in the morning. Is it early resistance? Do they get above? Does it become support? All these things factor into what goes into the commentary and the numbers and the lessons learned throughout inside the numbers. If we have a wake-up red day, we have to come prepared in uniform, so we need to know the numbers. Again, 358.75. Are they opening above? Are they opening below? 
If they're opening below, it's a significant gap down. Do we expect that? No, we don't expect anything. But if we do find that, we know the importance of 358.75. And I can tell you this. If they were opening below that number on Wednesday, that's a colossal failure. I would look out below. That gap down at 353.27 would all be but filled. We don't expect that stuff to happen. It's just a just in caser. What's going on inside the numbers today? So the pre-market commentary is it's turnaround Tuesday. We didn't really get a turnaround Tuesday. We got a rocket ride Tuesday. We got a melt up Tuesday. You can see centered around 3,600 bright and early opening above would be bullish below wouldn't necessarily be bearish, but it just would be opening below. That doesn't mean that they wouldn't pop over later in the day. Want to make the distinction because we say it again here, not necessarily bearish underneath 360, but it was certainly more bullish up above already zeroed in on 361.50. Now, again, we already know in advance of this video that it turned out to be wrong. But again, here's the thought process. You see what I'm going through each and every day. You see what the numbers are. It's a process. It's the same process to do the analysis every single day. And just like that happens with some of the stocks on the move from time to time, there are times that a spider trade isn't going to work. It happens. What's the job of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew? Well, their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Some look like fools way more than others. However, we all must take our turn in looking like fools, putting on both the schmuck shirt and the dunce hat. Now, this trade wasn't a schmuck and it wasn't a dunce. It just didn't work. It was the right trade. We understand the reason for the trade. We know that we've seen that work many, many times before. This one, we're not going to read anything other than they just blew right through it. So we know that we were on a perpetual melt-up most of the day. So what I'll do is I'll scroll up the notes. You already know about the trade that didn't work, 361.50. So let me scroll up. You can read the notes. There's still lessons to be learned. I still urge you to read the notes, look back at the chart, double check the work, check the numbers. Where are they? Why? Why am I saying what I'm saying? There's always little nuances. Pause the video, read the notes, do the homework. That's the rest of the notes. Let's go back down to stocks on the move. Out of the list today, we had two that hit their numbers. We had BBY and we had HRL. Gold came close within three pennies, took off to the upside. Might as well take a look at that chart anyway. And then KL and A did not hit their numbers. We'll start with gold. And what you saw on the board as the entry, number one, was $22.50. What was the low of day today in the first 15-minute candle of the day? The low was 22 53 and they went on an immediate rocket ride right back over 23 missed by that much how about hormel foods here's an interesting one technically speaking the way i look at the tape the way i look at the chart all right and here's a 15 minute chart we can look at a 10 a 5 this one kind of creeped into the first number it's debatable i don't blame a trader for taking the first number and I don't blame a trader for not taking the first number. I didn't take the trade. I didn't see the trade when it took place. So I actually missed it. But had I not missed it, I doubt I would have taken it 
because it creeped into the number. See here in this candle, came close, bounced away, then came into the number, and then it creeped down to the second number and came up short again. Low of 47.73 against 68, which was the buy price, bounced away and then came into it. Well, guess what? Doesn't this activity take the trade away and it becomes a no trade? And the answer is yes. Technically, you had two no trades. We're playing the umpire, calling balls and strikes. Either way, you can see the price action around these numbers. These numbers were important. You just never got a good enough bounce away from these numbers. You did from the 47.68 when it finally came in, went all the way up to a high of 48.15, but it already came too close. Therefore, this was off the table. What about Best Buy? How about this haircut at the open? We come up with 114.45. And by the way, some of you might have noticed that there was a different number on the board earlier. It was slightly higher. There was an adjustment made. And look what happened after the fact. That was, in fact, the number. Hey, you want to debate whether it was 114.07, 114.22. doesn't really matter. The concept is this was the spot that stopped price from falling and provided a sufficient bounce to do the deal. How about more specifically, what kind of deal did they do? Here's a one minute chart. Here's the opening print, the first minute of the day, spike low of 113.62. Next minute has a high of 116.90. How you doing? Slam bam. Thank you, sir. I'll take another. We know the paint by numbers rules. When you get that kind of a bounce off the number and it far in excess of 1%, we take at minimum of half the trade off the table. This way, we turn the trades into risk-free, emotionless trades. Sometimes, and Best Buy was a good example, sometimes you could find a stock like this climbing up to fill the gap later on in the day, all the way back up at 122. At the opening, you don't know if it's going to come back down, go lower, go back and fill the gap. We don't know. That's why we have to treat this like a process. It's mechanical. It's not emotional. The more emotion you put into the trade, the harder it is to make money doing this as a business. It's not an emotional business, but it's a very difficult thing to separate our money from our emotions. That's why I call it paint by numbers. If you just follow the rules and you follow the numbers and you follow the thing day in, day out, base hit after base hit after base hit, what happens is you find yourself on the ballot to the Hall of Fame. So in the end, Best Buy really hung out down here at around 114, give or take, for a cup of coffee all day long going back and forth. What's that telling us? It's telling us this probably isn't the final destination. Either it took all day and they'll go rally tomorrow, or there's another destination down below. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Let's keep this simple. There's two sides to the coin. We're going to be the umpire. A, it's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's over. However, B, they're too far from home base. They can certainly get farther. They can get more extended. However, they're too far from home base. So you can't buy it up here. However, if they pulled back and they gave home base a chance to come up to price, price comes down a little bit toward home base, combination of both, where would they come back to? 
Where's the first or maybe first and second spot that makes the most sense? First, you have the gap left open from yesterday. That's an obvious one. Fine. Fair enough. But here, you also have a gap and you have an area where the market ate some time off the clock for several days, about a week's worth of trading activity. So coming back to double check or check in at or run a test at a former breakout area would be that area. Now there's another one down below. Here's another gap down here. There's another breakout area somewhere in here. You could debate where that is. But there's a couple of other reasons why there are plenty of areas of support long before price would even get to home base. What is home base? The 20 period moving average. Can they just power forward and keep going higher? Sure, why not? We don't know that they will, but there's no reason they can't. Do we have to have a similar or same or different discussion about the folks down at the transportation department? Guess what? It's a carbon copy. Here's the situation. They're on a breakout, new highs, uptrend, above all moving averages. There's nothing bearish on these charts, so you just have to wait and see the price action. They can certainly go higher, but they're too far from home base at this point. They will have to come back to home base. They'll have to go sideways, let home base creep up to price. Combination of both. That has to happen. We just don't necessarily know the day that it's going to start happening. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? This chart still looks different. So the Qs are rallying, and what are they rallying to try and do? They're rallying to try and overtake or at least get to this high or this breakdown candle high. The high is 299.14, say somewhere in the 298.99.300 neighborhood. The S&P can go a lot higher while the Qs are trying to get to 300. So you can see here, even though they're above all the moving averages, this chart is different. There's been some institutional distribution across the tech space. That has to be of note. It's a long-term puzzle piece. It's a puzzle piece nonetheless. How about the XLF? Very bullish. Anything wrong with this market over 2680? No. Anything wrong with this market closing above the gap we discussed at 2855? No. Where exactly are they going? This weekly breakdown candle is in fact the Mac Daddy breakdown candles. The high is 30 bucks. Where are they going? They're going to make a run for 30 bucks. Maybe not all at once, maybe not by tomorrow, but they're in the process of making a run for 30 bucks. Smash mouth. Anything wrong with this chart? Uptrend. Little extended away from home base, same routine. That can't persist for too long, but it can persist. Again, we can't put a date on it, but they won't stay extended from home base for too long. Here's a weekly chart. They're at new highs. You don't mess with a market at new highs. Above all the moving averages, the uptrend is strong. You don't want to swim against a strong current. I traded against a strong current today at 361.50. If there was any takeaway, it was holiday week, all the other markets were bullish as could be. Everything was green across the board. I painted by numbers and I got smeared. It's okay. I'd still take that trade again tomorrow given the same set of circumstances. By the way, thought you were going to have to send me a bunch of emails because I forgot to talk about gold. I've been discussing a specific number or area in gold for a long time. 
We don't talk about it all the time. I'm a long-term gold person. I don't love to trade gold back and forth. I think there's either a reason to own gold or there's not a reason to own gold. I think now there's a reason to own gold for the long term. Fair enough. I've discussed 170 before. They opened below 170 today. Is that alarming? No. This is the beginning of the general area where I'm a buyer of gold. Now, I got a lot of emails today about what do I use to buy gold? Do I use GLD? Do I use the other ETFs or ETNs? Do I buy options? What do I do? And here's the real answer. I actually buy gold. I will buy GLD. I will buy options on GLD. I did not today, but I will do that. I will do that on this particular dip, I'm sure. But I did actually buy the stuff you can hold in your hand today. And let me qualify this one step further. I bought more today. I'm not a seller of gold. I'm an accumulator of gold. Here's a weekly chart. So nobody wants to own gold. Nobody at all. I'm sure the media is going to beat it to death. I'm sure Bitcoin is the new gold. All that stuff. That's fine. I like stuff when nobody else wants it. Now, let's discuss a couple of spots. You see a big breakdown candle here. The low is 170.27. You saw the area on the daily chart. You can see it again if I do this. And here's where a breakout occurred. So what I originally said was, it makes a lot of sense for them to come back and double check or check in at this breakout area. Now you have to understand, they come down and they bounce away. They really ate time off the clock hovering over this area for a long time. So am I surprised if they come lower? Not at all. Does that matter to me long term? Not at all. Will I buy more if they come lower? Yes, I will. What's another area that constitutes lower? I have a 165.34. Is there a reason for that? Not necessarily. It's a general area. You see the 50 period moving average on the weekly chart sloping up toward price comes in around that number. There's also another area of interest around that number, which is right here. And you could say that this area was also a breakout area. So it's debatable where that is. Is it 165? Is it 166? Is it 162? Somewhere in there is another breakout area. It makes total sense to me. Okay, fair enough. What else we got? How about time? What do we got from a time standpoint? I don't know, maybe another month or so. Those of you that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will recognize when I talk about time, you go back and think about the course, think about what's taught in the course, think about how we look at time. And when I look at this chart, I say, hey, maybe there's another month or so of this sideways to lower price action, and that's okay. Let them shake out more people from the long side of gold. Let them throw it up. I'm willing to buy it on the way down. I'm willing to buy it at specific places. Today was the first of those places. I'm willing to buy around 165. Would I buy 164? Would I buy 161? Yeah, if I would buy 165, I would certainly buy 161. What's my trouble area? What's the area where I'd say, hey, wait a minute, I could be wrong here. I don't want them to go below on weekly closes 159. Doesn't mean the party's over. Doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It's just a number I don't want to see them below. It's going to begin 
feeling wrong if they close weekly below 159. Now, here's a monthly chart. We have a big breakup candle, and the low is what? 165.34. Well, there's your answer. That's where that 165.34 came from. I forgot that I did the precise number to the breakup candle low. I knew the general area, 165, but that is, in fact, the low. So they can spike below the low intra-month. Closing below that low on a monthly close would again be something that I wouldn't necessarily love to see being long gold. Again, doesn't mean the trade's over, doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's just something I would prefer to see them stay above 165.34 on monthly closes. Back to the daily chart for a moment. Here's the 200 period moving average. They came up short of the 200 period moving average and they bounced today. Is it likely they never touched the 200 period moving average and trade away? Or is it more likely that this was a fake out coming up short of the 200 only to come back and pay a visit, whether it's the next day or a few days later? And that's actually the more likely scenario. The more likely scenario is we'll probably see lower prices as gold tries to find some stability it's a long-term trade. It's not going to be over tomorrow. It's not going to be over next week or next month. If you're not willing to stay in a volatile thing, and gold is a volatile thing, and you're not willing to take some heat, meaning they're going to go in your face, they're going to go against you, you're going to have to be in the red, that's the heat. If you're not willing to see the account in this position in the red, then don't take the trade. This is unlikely to be the final low today. This was my entry point. This was one entry point. There will be more entry points. I already gave them to you. And if there's not, I got at least one. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.